Hello everybody, it is June 6, 2020. We had a beautiful Saturday today and I wanted to shoot you a weekly tax update in regards to some happening that is going on here with uh, some recent changes to the uh, Triple P Flexibility Act or some updates of anything. And for one, it has been signed into law. So all the changes that we talked about last week are now going into effect. So uh, just to briefly uh, go over the changes real quick, the two, three main items that you need to know is uh, for one, it has now increased the uh, number of weeks that you have to utilize the funds from eight weeks to 24 weeks. So that's a big increase right there on its own. So that should definitely benefit people that have not been able to open up yet. Um, next is the maximum use of business expense has now been increased from 25% to 40%. So costs such as uh, rent expense and interest that is occurred on business debts that are necessary for your business has now been increased to 40%. So that's a big help on its own. And the next uh, big change as well is the increase from two years to five years for the repayment terms, still staying on a 1% interest rate. So that gives a much longer time frame for businesses to have to repay back any portion that is considered non-forgivable. So again, it's been signed into effect this week. So we should be seeing some changes coming into effect in regards to the forgiveness application, which has gone out earlier prior to this um, act going into effect. But again, due to the increase in number of weeks, we'll probably won't see many clients um, getting ready to prepare this application or, or at least on our end preparing this application probably well into close to the winter time, being that it's now been increased to 24 weeks. So again, you know, we'll take care of that um, aspect for a lot of our clients on the personal level, but just wanted to give everyone a quick summary in regards to that, uh, in regards to that act that has now been signed into law. Uh, some other items that we want to touch base on is, for example, keep in mind, you know, you do have to track or at least um, bring on the same number of employees that you had prior to COVID. If you're not able to bring the same number of employees, you do need to document the process in which they have not able to return or refuse to return. So that means if for any reason that they refuse to get off unemployment or that they're not able to return to work or they, you know, they just don't want to take the risk because of the situation, you need to document that, you know, in order to be able to get the full forgiveness uh, and not be penalized for having a lower headcount. That is very important. Um, the purpose of this uh, program or this grant was in order to cover employees that technically are or are not working. So if they are not working and it's because they do not return to work, you could be penalized if you do not document the process later on. Uh, you know, so I just wanted to briefly go over regards to that. Next item. Um, there is something in the talks or in the winds, as we'll say, it's not 100% in effect or, or even remotely being a possibility, but it is something that some banks and institutions are starting to push. Uh, there's talks about possibly having a form of a blanket forgiveness go into effect for all loans under 150,000. That is not guaranteed in any way, shape or form, but it is trying or, or at, least, at least a lot of institutes are trying to push this item. I, for one, hopefully, you know, hope that this actually goes through. 
But again, you know, this is just speculation and, you know, just a lot of chatter that's happening. But again, if it starts to pick up wind, I'll definitely let people know that this may be a very well uh, good possibility. So let's hope that actually comes through, if anything. The uh, next item I want to talk about is the EIDL, uh, which is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Uh, as you recall, many, many of our clients have uh, asked for this in order to get the advanced grant portion for for their business which many of you may have received already and starting within earlier this week a lot of our clients started getting communication from the SBA saying that they've been approved for these loans so while it has been a long process close to about almost two months for us to hear any feedback on it you know a lot of clients are starting to get these emails saying that they've been approved or rejected or whatever the case may be that being said there are a lot of factors that clients need to bear in mind before signing on, you know, the dotted line. So some of these items, for example, we're going to dive into uh, pretty quickly right now is you cannot take shareholder distributions when you have this loan active. So what does that mean? If you are a corporation and you are on payroll, that is fine. However, if you say decide to take a one-time expense or bonus to yourself that is not run through payroll or you pay for certain expenses that are technically not business expenses and you don't intend to repay that back to the business you're in essence taking a distribution you're, you're basically taking profits out of the business in some shape or form and not paying it through payroll that is a no-no under this loan not to mention you also, you're also forced to be limited to the number or excuse me, to the amount of payroll that you can take. I believe the amount um, from our understanding is about a hundred thousand. So you cannot just increase your salary as well. Once you have this loan, there's no guidance in regards to if you're already taking above a hundred, if you're essentially grandfathered in, that is something that I'm hopefully will get some feedback on later on but that's an item that you need to bear in mind next you cannot sell your company or change any ownership without the consent of the SBA that also includes any changes in your assets as well whether tangible or intangible so again what does that mean that means you cannot acquire another business without confirming or getting the consent with SBA you cannot sell your business without the consent of SBA if you need a company vehicle that you want to put on again under the company itself you need the consent of sba same will go if you want to sell your vehicle you know you need their consent you know so that could be a big problem depending on the type of industry that you are in if you are an industry where you may have to regularly change certain fixed assets or major assets or let's say vehicles or, or if you have a fleet of businesses that could be a major you know, headache that you have to deal with in regards to going back and forth with SBA. The next item is that you cannot use it to pay off existing debts or to be specific notes or loans. So for example, if you already have an existing loan at a much higher interest rate, you may feel that it'd be good to take this loan and in essence pay that debt off. That will be a, in essence a, a major no-no. They also made it clarify, or excuse me, they also clarified that in essence, you can't take this money and make payments on those debts. So just because you may not be paying off the debts, doesn't mean you could utilize it to make your normal monthly note payments. 
you could tell, still make your note payments with operating funds that you have during normal business operations, but you cannot specifically take these funds and issue it to those payments directly. I would argue there are ways that you could technically go around it, or I would say kind of tiptoeing across the gray lines, as we'll say, but you know, they have very strict guidelines that which we will have to be very careful in regards to how you interpret that statement. So again, that's something perhaps we could talk to certain clients on a one-on-one -on -one basis to see if this, if there's certain methods that you could go around that in which you could still use the funds to cover your operating payments, uh, your normal operating expenses and still make your no payments without an issue. But we'll dive into that in a little bit as well. Um, shortly. Another item is you can't use this to renovate your business space. So for example, which we'll also touch on in a little bit uh, in this episode is one, the recent riots that occurred on Monday of this week, which was specifically, um, excuse me, which was on March 1st, uh, March 1st, New York City and a number of cities uh, across the US went through some major looting and rioting that occurred due to the uh, George Floyd uh, protests, not specific from the protesters, but in essence, those that took advantage of the situation. And what happened is a number of small businesses were deeply affected in which their, their businesses were destroyed or looted um, during these riots. Some of our clients, in fact, have confirmed that they were uh, affected by this looting, which, uh, you know, is, is quite a bit of a setback, you know. For example, this loan, uh, touching back on the loan, you can't use this loan to repair your business uh, after the situation. I would argue that you should be able to, being that it is a disaster loan in essence, but it's meant on an economic disaster loan. It's strictly based on what's going on with COVID. However, if you were to take these funds and use it to cover your authorized expenses, you are in essence freeing up your other working capital to still make the necessary repairs. So there are ways that I would say you could kind of tiptoe around or avoid these pitfalls. It's just having to document the process properly for you in order to do that. So it's not like you could take this money, put it in a bank account and just cover your, you know, repairing your shop directly from that account. That's a no. That doesn't stop you from saying taking this money, paying off vendors that you would have used in your other operating account, which now then frees that funds that you're going to use to pay your vendors to still repair your shop. So there's two ways that you could go about a situation and still stay within the guidelines for SBA. In my opinion, um, there's nothing wrong in that aspect. I've checked with several colleagues and we seem to all be on the same page in regards to that type of step to be taken. Uh, the next item, or technically in summary, let me say, is by you taking this loan, you are in essence making SBA as a partner in your business or as an investor or whatever the case may be, uh, or even a silent partner. They may not decide your day-to-day -day operations, but any type of major action that you wanna do in your business you will have to get the consent of SBA. Getting vehicles, changing equipment, selling your business, all those items, they, they could be a problem down the road because SBA will have the right to audit or excuse me, um, or actually yes, they will have the right to audit your business 
within three years to confirm if you are staying within the guidelines set forth in the contract that you will sign when you take that loan. And if you are in default of that, they have the right to escalate or excuse me, accelerate the loan and making you default, in which case you will have to pay the loan back entirely and immediately. That could be a problem. So, you know, my opinion would be if, if you are a business that are still looking to take this loan would be that we would set up a bank account, let the funds sit there in a savings account. And as the time comes to make certain expenses or excuse me, to pay certain expenses that are allowable, you pay it directly from that account. So it's easy to document and there's less argument to the SBA to state that you use those funds for unauthorized purchases. So with that being said, some of you are probably thinking, okay, well, you know, I can't use this for a lot of items. So what can I use it for? Well, some expenses are, are actually worthwhile. For example, you could use it to pay rent in your business place. Now you cannot use it for the rent that would you, that you were going to ask for to be attributed towards the forgiveness amount on the triple P if you receive that program. So for example, if you already paid the first month for rent using the triple P, you can't just put that money into operating to kind of reimburse it. That that's a problem or use that money to pay the triple P and then also ask for that month for forgiveness against the triple P just because you paid it. It doesn't work in that aspect. Now, beyond the 40% expense threshold for the triple P that you're going to use for business expense, say you use it in rent, for example, in full beyond that, you could use the EIDL to pay rent, to give yourself additional working capital that you could utilize for other items in your business. That's allowable. You just can't, I would say, and, and to summarize it, immediately use it for rent. If you're still within the timeline that you haven't used up the full 40% for the triple P amount. And, um, and let me rephrase that actually a little bit more. You could, but then you could not ask for forgiveness on the triple P for that month of rent that you paid. So for each client, we will have to analyze the situation to see when is it beneficial to utilize it for rent later on. But then again, that's on a per client basis that we will have to take that consideration. So that's something that, you know, we may have to, to talk to each client one by one to, to see what's the best course of action in regards to that. Another item that I will see it extremely beneficial is paying of or off vendors. Now, I know I said that you cannot pay notes in full or loans in full, which that is true. It doesn't say anything in regards to existing payables that you may have with vendors, for example, if you went through the COVID period in which you may have outstanding payables that are still, you know, quite volume or quite heavy that you're not able to cover because your business has been closed or you're extremely limited in terms of the revenue that you generated during this uh, crisis, you could use the loan to pay off the vendors, clean out your debts and start the next, you know, wave of, of uh, the economy opening with a fresh clean slate with all your vendors and have to pay that back on a 30 year note was a 3.75 interest rate. In essence, you're talking about you're, you're refinancing your payables as a mortgage. Now that will be beneficial for most people because you want to start the slate clean. You know, this is something that doesn't normally come through in, in most cases, but it is something to keep in mind. If anything that you may want to consider. All right. So with that being said, you know, we'll talk to each client one by one in regards to that. And, you know, we'll, we'll deep dive into that hopefully later on. 
some last bit items that I want to talk about is one in regards to the recent riots and uh, looting that occurred on Monday um, if you are in New York State uh, just wanted to give you a heads up that if you are putting insurance claims through Cuomo has asked the Department of Finance Services to direct insurers to expedite claims related to the recent lootings that occurred and to hopefully accept photos as proof so in other words they're basically looking to push this as fast as possible for businesses to get the money they need in order to do necessary repairs to their place of business. So hopefully that comes through. And if that's the case, you know, for my clients, you know, I want I want them to bear this in mind that when you're dealing with insurance claim personnel that, you know, they're, they're pretty much working against the clock. They need to process these claims as fast as possible so that businesses can reopen up again. So if you have somebody that is pushing you around, giving you the runaround, you know, hopefully, you know, kind of guiding them into the fact and reporting them if necessary, may put some fire under them to push your claims uh, a lot faster, if anything. Uh, the next item is also, if you are in New York City specifically, uh, the mayor uh, de Blasio has announced that they're doing a half a million dollar in grants to be provided to those affected in the recent riots. So if you have a gate or storefront that was broken into, vandalized or destroyed during the recent riots, they are giving from my understanding about a $10,000 grant to businesses that were affected. I don't see an application active for it as of yet. Uh, I've actually, uh, I'm gonna actually give some credit to a client of ours, ours uh, which is uh, Ivo from uh, Probus. Uh, located in uh, in the Washington Heights on Broadway, uh, we've been pretty much uh, on looking for this grant to hopefully go live soon. As soon as it does, I do plan to send out an update to all the businesses to you know just be a heads up. If it comes through, you know make sure you apply as soon as possible. If we could apply for you for for any reason that you're unable to do so, you know we'll gladly help out everybody that was affected. So uh, hopefully that should go live soon, and I'll keep everyone posted in regards to that. All right. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, I hope you guys all are doing well and that you're all safe during these crazy times. And uh, hopefully in the coming week, now that New York State is starting to ride into the next phase of openings, you know, everybody starts doing well and uh, we all stay safe there and hopefully get back to business, as they say. All right. Hope you guys are well. We'll talk again in the coming week and uh, see you then. Take care, guys.